When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, we're George and Jess, and after doing a morning radio show together for over a decade, we found our new home on the George and Jess podcast. We are a married couple exploring the ins and outs of balancing kids, marriage, and careers. So join us for adventures in the kitchen, at home, traveling, and more. Pull up a chair, grab a cup of coffee. It's time to get real about life, love, and the world around us. All right, we have to begin the conversation today talking about the the two playoff games yesterday, <laughs> or actually Sunday afternoon, right? So... The AFC and NFC championship games were this past Sunday. Uh, for, I would say, for about five years now, my wife has been trying to convince me that the NFL is rigged, fixed. The whole yeah. thing is just a storyline. I recently read articles that it's soon going to be a, about a $27 billion a year industry. Hands down, to me anyways, the greatest entertainment on television. There's nothing better, right? I don't care. These people that watch Yellowstone, if you want to be the next redneck John Gotti, whatever, I don't care. <laughs> nothing beats the NFL, right? Yeah. I like college football, close second, but the NFL is the best, and I'm beginning mm -hmm. to buy into the storyline, scripted, rigged, all of it. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've felt that way before in past years. I mean, think about one thing I thought about was the New Orleans when they won the Super Bowl back in 2010. Think about the catastrophe yes. they just went through with Hurricane Katrina, the city building back, and that was mm -hmm. a huge storyline of that year. And, I mean, granted, that also was the year they beat the Vikings in the ch championship right, right, game, and right. so I felt like maybe it was rigged that way too. But there's, it, there's so many times where you feel that way. There, what moment yesterday, of all of them, what moment really, really set that into motion? I think it was that Chiefs game. I mean, I was starting to buy in during the uh, – during the 49ers and the Eagles yeah. game, but some of the that last drive by the Chiefs when they would not let that die, yeah. right? Literally, they they let that one third down play unfold, and then when they didn't get the first, uh, they decided they were going to do it again yeah. and wait they, until they lined up on punt, yeah, to go and say it. It was unbelievable. Nobody on the field knew what was going on. The people at home watching on television were like, what, "What's going on here? I don't even yeah, understand right. that." And it's almost like they scripted in, and you don't need to have everybody on board. That's the thing. You don't need no. to. Just a couple influential individuals to make that happen. Right. It's unbelievable. Yeah, so. that was a frustrating game. I think the San Fran game was more frustrating just because it should have been so much better than it was. Oh, God, that, that, it was so disappointing because I was looking forward to that. Yes, yeah, I thought for sure San Fran was going to take it to him. The whole country was waiting to see if this Purdy kid from oh, Iowa man. State yeah. could keep it going. And there, was, there wasn't a doubt in my mind that he was going to. And I they, really believe they that. They built it up so much, like through ESPN and all the analysis, everything, talking about oh, just the building the narrative, right. and then you see such such a disappointment. And yes. then in the first quarter, he gets hurt. <laughs> yeah. They bring in this Johnson character, who I swear was probably driving a cab somewhere before <laughs> the game, because he was not, right? No, I mean, wa take it to the game. <laughs> watching, watching him play, I was like, what is this guy? I mean, not that he's a bad guy, but he obviously was not ready for this kind of... No of experience especially 
you know, a, a conference championship game. Didn't like uh, Steve Steve Young tweet out? He's like, I'm warming up in the parking lot. Yeah, he did. He did. <laughs> let, me let me know. Let me know. <laughs> and then to watch them, to watch San Francisco just quit. Yeah. Like, I mean, you they were behind by three touchdowns. It wasn't out of reach yet in the third quarter, right? Mm, yeah. And they just ran the ball. I'm like, you don't have time to do this. I no. don't care who it is. Grab somebody out of the stands. I don't care, right? Yeah. It's it's like I just couldn't I couldn't believe they just quit. Well, that well, we talked about it a little bit ago, but that first play or that first series where mm-hmm. you know Eagles caught that ball on fourth and three, Devontae Adams, yeah, they called it a catch and it wasn't. If Not they were to challenge that, that's a huge momentum swing yeah. because mm-hmm. now it goes back to San Fran, right. turnover on downs, and they've got great field position to go down. Hep. And it's do you guys think? Because I've noticed noticed this over the past few years anyways. But the officials are playing more and more of a role in the outcome of these games. Oh, yeah. It never used to be that way. They would let them go at it, right? Right. But now they're it's like they're dictate literally dictating momentum mm-hmm. and, and and scoring and all of it. And it's like all these calls are happening. In the most crucial moments yeah. of the game. And it's not your, I, I thought, is it my imagination? Then I, <laughs> we were having a couple of friends of mine and I were talking about it and we we're like, no, because they never used to, there was never this discussion, right? And it was because they would let them play unless it, unless it was blatant. Right. Right. Otherwise, they would just let them have at it. We were talking about that with basketball, too. I mean, I, yeah. I see that in the basketball industry as well. Like you think of the 90s and how, you know, physical those games used oh to be. Oh, my God. And now, you know, you, you look at someone and someone's falling down and pretending to be hurt, you know, it's just Le bum. <laughs> I know that you're a LeBron fan. I, love LeBron. I know. I'm like, I love but LeBron. dude, that guy whines more than anybody I have ever seen. Strategic. In, oh my God. Strategic. Because <laughs> I mean, I watched, you know, the that Bulls team in yeah. the 90s and I was like, there was no, they didn't assemble great teams, right? No. You took one guy like Mike, Michael Jordan. Yeah, the goat. And then he, <laughs> because he was so good, he elevated everybody around him. That's, right. I mean, it goes back to that North Carolina team that he played on with Worthy and them, all them guys, right? He was just that type of guy. If he wound up on the floor in his prime, everybody else was going to elevate their game as well. Right. Unreal. And then in the 80s, Lakers, uh, Celtics, that huge rivalry with Magic and Lil. Right. Right. Yeah, it's always going for the big play. It's crazy. So there's our take on professional sports. <laughs> because after the Super Bowl, we have, we'll have to come back. God, I, I was so mad last night. I was like, I'm not even going to watch it. Right. I'm like, I don't even care. Right. Why? Why? Why care? And Travis Kelsey has got to be one of the most hated guys in America right now. Yeah. Did you see his rant after the? I didn't see the rant. Oh, about it. Well, you can log on today with social media. It's everywhere. Yeah. But he's just loud mouth, obnoxious. They're like his rock impression. Oh, oh really? The know so your bad. role and shut your mouth. Oh, it's yeah. so bad. <laughs> All right. I, I got uh, both you guys here today because I have a million questions. Do you realize it was it was April last year when I came in and seen you, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. So, and that's when I started, right? And we started with, I started with Brett. And we did a lot of, how long did we do like dysfunctional training stuff? Was it about three months? Say, yeah, probably like 10, About, 10 to 12 weeks of just working on like core, stability, balance. One of my things that I've noticed, and I think a lot of guys can relate to this, when they do that and they get started and then they start lifting, you want to lift, right? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's 
it's hard to explain, but it's it's kind of addicting, right? Yeah, and then you only want to make time for just the lifting. Right, Yeah. right? So even when you get in there and I warm up and I usually get on the treadmill for 10, 15 minutes at a quick pace and then head into the functional training room to stretch out for a little bit, but I find myself rushing because I want to get out there and I want to pick up the weights. <laughs> right. Right? Yeah. I mean, and that's a mistake. It is. On my part, that is a mistake because... And Brett told me, you got to get in here and stretch out properly, and that will help not only with soreness, but you, you're going to get dinged at points, right? You'll, you'll, something will happen, not a serious injury, but you'll feel things. You're like, oh, God, now I'm going to have to, I got I to ding in my shoulder or a knee <clears throat> or something else like that. Mm -hmm. And then, again, when, you, when I had the, I, I thought it was a groin injury, but it's not. And then that stretching out with the, with the, uh, oh, with the kettlebell. Yeah, yeah. that helped. Right. I, I would have never known that I'd been dealing with it for weeks. Just mm. simple things like that. What was that stretch? What'd you do? It was like the, like kettlebell hip shift. Oh, like, and it was because uh, squat university. <laughs> I saw it on. <laughs> I don't know, but whatever, because it was, it wasn't groin because the groin muscle falls a little bit down into your higher inside of your thigh. Right. Yeah. This was up like almost on my pelvis. Like, I don't know what it was. But that simple, doing that for like just a few days, and it was like, it's almost gone now. Like a Cossack lunge, is that what? So you're like, you're on one knee, yep. and then the other, then you're on like your foot, and then it's like, you shift over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. okay. Yeah, it works. Like Whatever it is, yeah. it works. I couldn't <laughs> believe it. But the, the thing is, when you get online, this is the selling point for your gym. I'm not kidding. And I said since I started, it's all about that one-on-one -on -one individual training because everybody's different some people are going to be able to do certain things that others won't you're going to have strengths you're going to have weaknesses you can look at all the youtube videos you want but until you break down exactly where you're at and how you want to progress and, and the best way to do that it, it's bonkers and it goes to the nutrition side as well right right well i mean that's that that was a big step for me that i saw was the missing piece when i came to mankato was everyone's joke or running joke is, oh, I got a gym membership, but I never use it or That's, I never go. And now it's, okay, well, I've got a gym membership and how do we get you to use it? It's telling you what to do, showing you what you need, getting you a program. And that's, that's, that's the missing piece. You know, nobody wants to, you know, not go to the gym, right? They're like, oh, like they obviously have a, an intention and, and a good, good will there, but they're, they're not using it because they don't know what to do. They feel Right. Uncomfortable. They feel embarrassed. Like, okay, I'm out here now. Like, I guess I'll hit bench, treadmill, some bicep curls, and call it a day. You right, know? right. Like, Seriously. They're not, they're not understanding what's missing or what's going to help improve their health or their body. And a lot of guys are get caught up in watching how much other guys are lifting. Right? Yeah. And that's, I think that's a huge mistake. Dude, that was like bread today this morning. I was hitting bench and I just, I just kept, he kept gawking and I'm like, man, what do you need here? <laughs> you got your notebook? <laughs> it, but when I see guys, I said, because I told, God, I can't even remember. I wish I would have documented some of this stuff when we started when I was lifting, when we were doing the dumbbell bench. Okay. Right? I don't even know. Do you have that still documented somewhere? I don't know. Maybe, yeah, maybe deep in my notes or something. You, yeah. you yeah, might. I do. I actually do. But my goal was to get, to be able to do the Hondos mm -hmm. by Memorial Day. Yep. That's, that was my goal, right? And uh, I have to stop watching what other guys are doing and concentrate on form, <laughs> right? Yep. And, and sticking with my program because, and I don't know why this is, you probably have experienced this, but your body even though you're working all the time, you work five, six days a week, right? And first of all, I've learned that it, when you really beat down, 
take a rest day, right? And that doesn't mean you don't have to do anything. If you feel like, God, I want to get to the gym, you can go do some cardio, right? Do some stretching out, things like that. But I do find that, uh, where was I headed initially with this stuff? <laughs> oh, well, the stretch out, yeah. But I, I, I think that if you stick with your form, right? If you stick with your form and, and you stick to your program, you'll go weeks and you'll feel like you're not getting anywhere, right? I mean, you just, right. it's frustrating. And then all of a sudden, and I don't know why, it's like within a week or two, your, your strength just explodes. It cycles like that. Right? Is that is that odd, or is that just me, or is that something that really happens? I feel like it's pretty normal. Yeah, I, I would say like it seems redundant because you're doing the same thing over and over right. again, right? And you're fo- like the periodization of it, you don't notice what's happening with that because you're like, all right, well, here I am hitting like 40s for 12 again, or you know, 50s for six. But by the time you then push in and move that weight up or move that intensity up, then it's like, wow, like I've built this foundation or this base mm-hmm. that's allowing me to be able to push to this next level. It's, it's, uh, it's crazy because you, it, it seems to happen all at once though, right? Not, not like all of it, but you'll go for an extended period of time. And is that your muscles must be repairing themselves, getting stronger. And then all of a sudden I can literally sometimes feel it when I walk into the gym, I'm like, I bet I can, I bet I can do it today. Yeah. And you know, it, you know it, right? You know, it's there. It's just like, you get that feeling. Right. Mm -hmm. But consistency is the key. I found that too. don't there's mornings, especially like when we got the weather we have right now, when it's below zero and it's just I mean, it's like negative 11. Yeah. With a wind chill of like minus 25. These are the days you don't want to go. No. Right. Like that, that walk from your car to the gym. Yeah. It's like, do I really want to do this? (laughs) Just just do anything, right? You don't want to do anything, but you're right. Consistency is the key. Even when you feel like you're not seeing any results, right? When you, when you, when visually you just keep going and keep going and keep going. And then you grind through those moments. And then when you get to the other side, you'll be glad you did. Yeah. You don't even realize it. Once you don't like you just see yourself and you're like, wow, like I, there it is. Yeah. (laughs) I heard a guy bring up this. He said, you know what? If you're, if you go one extra day a week versus any opponent, if or I don't like to call well, I am I do <laughs> like to call them opponents, but it, versus somebody else, if you go one extra day a week, think about that because at the end of the year you will have fifty two more sessions in the gym than that guy. Yeah, fifty two. So if you go on a five day week, think about that. I mean that's insane, right? Yeah, that's like ten weeks. That's crazy. That's just one extra day makes all that difference but the biggest hurdle i think a lot of guys have too is especially with arms and stuff like that when they're when they don't feel that bad and you're like oh i just did them a day ago (laughs) yesterday i should i could do a little bit more today right but you hear more and more you should just let your body rest right yeah yeah and that's where the program design i think is huge or you know pivotal for for people where you can look at how we can still work the arms but do you know opposing uh, muscle groups or try to do different what about motions. what about if you what if about if you do different exercises same muscle groups different exercises on back-to-back days yeah i mean you, you can there's definitely nothing wrong with that it's just tough because if you're trying to see the improvement 
on one exercise, you're never going to let your body fully recover mm-hmm. to get that exercise. Like for example, which is an easy one is bench. Yeah. So if you're benching on a Monday, then Tuesday you go to like incline dumbbell or chest flies, you're never letting that chest fully recover to come mm-hmm. back and hit bench and actually see the improvement on bench if that's one of your goals. On the, on the norm, how often, or how, I should say, how long should you rest a muscle group? Um, I would say at least 48 to 72 hours. I think that's can, fair. I mean, can you base that on feel? Or, or Because honestly, there are times 36 to 48 hours, I'm at almost my peak when it comes to soreness, right? Depending <laughs> well, on how. If you do it right, 48 yeah. hours, DOMS, I yeah. mean, delayed onset muscle soreness, that's when you should be feeling the most sore, right? 48 hours. Because I mean, I know if on Saturdays, if I get a chance and I'm in there for two hours and I do a, a lot of like almost a full body type thing, Mondays look out. Yeah, <laughs> by, the I t- think, um, by the time I get to Monday morning, the more or like a bigger factor with determining that is like how hard you push that muscle group, you know, what you did to focus on it and, you know, like what you what goal you're looking to get out of what you did, like. If you're looking to increase your back squats, you know, and you push yourself, you're doing like a, a, a like a power focused set, like three by four, three by three, four by five, something like that. Yeah, you're going to need three or four days to recover from that. So that mm-hmm. way it's ready to go again when you hit another power set. You know, if you're doing three by 15, three by 20, you're doing maybe some more stretches, some more hip mobility stuff. Yeah, 48 hours you're probably fine to come back to it as long as you're not too sore. What's the benefit of supersets versus just resting between individual? Is that like time efficiency? Is that what it is? I mean, do you get, is there any other benefit or can you just get more in? I mean, like in relation, like it keeps your heart rate up. It keeps like your body warm. It's I I'd say for the most part though, it's time efficiency. And it's like, like if working like either like antagonizing muscle groups or like synergistic muscle groups, like together, it just kind of like helps add on to that kind of I, workload. I could I could totally see that because I notice if if I if I work like that, doing a couple at a time, bouncing back and forth, you seem like you get a lot done in a hurry. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I, I sense my heart rate going up and I sweat a little bit more and I think well, you're you're kinda getting some cardio in there then, yeah. right? Yeah. Right? For sure. Well and that's like, yeah, if I have a like clients that want to see their bench improve, then we'll do like in and take antagonistic superset where it's okay i'm gonna do bench and then we do like usually we do band pull aparts something that just still works like upper body a little bit mobility working just the back of the shoulders and then that way we're not taking away from the strength of the the bench and we're still seeing improvements in that but we're getting other work in with it you know like i wouldn't want to do bench press for three by three and then match it with like burnout on push-ups so you know when you say bench press for three by three what exactly is that like you're doing three reps Three reps for three sets with super, with like super heavy weight. Yeah. Yep. So is the, is that for strength or hypertrophy? Strength. So what's the what is the difference when in lifting styles? Because first of all, if you're listening, and I was new to this a, a few months ago, hypertrophy is like bodybuilding, right? Sculpting your body and concentrating on muscles so they grow and look bigger. Yep. And then there's yep. guys who do strength training who just want to get really freaking strong. Yeah. Yeah. Strength training slash like power focus yeah because in that way you're looking at how powerful you are through minimal reps and i mean you're gonna be powerful through eight reps or 10 reps right but like the the focus to hit the type of muscle fibers that are going to contribute to your your power like type two muscle fibers is usually going to happen between doing sets of two to six reps at most 
I did not know that. Because after six reps, you start to take in like more of the endurance type muscle fibers, like your type one. So those start to help as well. And so, yeah, you're not just focusing type two then. So if a guy or a girl is sculpting for visual, mm-hmm. right? I mean, you're just by default going to get stronger, right? right? Yeah. But yep. is it more reps then? Usually with like a little that. bit lighter weight? And you can jump in any time, Brett, but I would say like between 8 to 12, 12 to 15 is usually. Yeah. And it's never really like, I wouldn't say lighter weight. Like you still want to have like, you still want to be pretty burnt out by you the end of the set. Like you like, it. it doesn't matter if you're doing like three reps versus like 15 reps. Like you should be like, like your rated perceived exertion should be pretty high, like regardless. You should be like a nine or 10 either at yeah. rep three or if it's rep 15. Yeah. It's just how it's, yeah, it's, it's how it's affecting that muscle. Like when, when I was taking my classes in college, I mean, that was one thing we talked about is that eight to 12 or 12 to 15 rep range isn't just growing like the density and the size of your muscle fibers. It's the area that surrounds your muscle fibers as well. So then you're also growing that area too in between muscle fibers. Wow. So for example, if a guy goes in, you know, like when we do dumbbells, first of all, Brett, explain what the, what ladders are. It's basically just where you like kind of change up the reps, change up the weights in like a way to kind of get your body used to pulling like different or different kinds of weights. So it's like, you can work up to like your top set, which is like your heavy set where you're like really pushing weight and you can go from like two to five reps or however many you, you want to gauge. And then you kind of change up the weight. You can either back off or go even higher. So it's like, what, for example, what George and I do, we did like eighties the other day. We like built up to eighties for a couple of reps and then then you kind of back down and then you'll go like 60s and you have to get more and more, more and more reps now. So it's now it's like if we're doing 80s and we get a couple of reps, now we're going to 60s. Now let's try to get like 12, 15 and then we'll go down the ladder again. Now we'll go like 50s. Now we're going to shoot for like 20 reps. So it's kind of like like interchanging the reps and the weights rather than just kind of going like, oh, like three by eight. And we're going to go this weight for all three sets. Yeah. You know what I've learned? And I don't know. You guys can probably talk to the science behind this, but. Like when I was in there on Saturday, I was using the 50s and I was like, oh, I can pound out. I'll do three sets of 15, right? Mm. But it wasn't as easy as I remember when we do the ladders. Like when we come back down from like when we're doing like the 70s and 65 and when then when you give me the 50s and I feel like, yeah, well, yeah, they feel like, I mean, I can knock out 20 and it feels like nothing. Mm. So what happened at that point? Do your muscles just, is it a mental thing? Or, or what's going on? Because both. 15, if I were to just go in there and grab the 50s and, and knock out 15, I could obviously do that. But yeah. if he, if when we're doing those ladders and I come back down to 50, you can, I could knock out 20 like it's nothing. Right. So what, what has happened the going up? Is that what it is? Yeah. The workload on those type of muscle fibers. I mean, if you're doing three consistent sets of 15 at that weight, and that's going to be different than you doing... I don't know, let's say 10 of them, and then you're going to eight at 60, and then four at 70, and then two at 80, and then coming back down. You're you're giving probably a longer rest period, and um, you're not exhausting those muscles at that weight for that period of time. So it's the workload that you're putting on those muscles. With It's almost like your body is like, it's almost like thinking like, we have to be ready to hit 80 now, and then you do the 50, and then it's like, oh, like this feels so much easier now. It's crazy. So it, Because they always talk about that mind-muscle connection. Or is is that is that literally happening? Is your mind prepping for yeah. heavier for a heavier load, or is it already there and you're just like backing down? 
And when you drop weight, it just seems so easy. I mean, there's like a stimulus that you've, you know, brought to that muscle. So your mind. Oh, I got you. Okay. And it's like a lot of people call muscle memory. And I have an issue with that just because your muscles don't have a brain. Right. Them, right. right. So one thing, and I kind of stole it from a trainer that I worked with at uh, the U, his name was Mitchell Higgins, and it was neuromuscular efficiency. That's how you refer to it is how efficient you are with your neuromuscular system activating while you're lifting. So it's how your brain connects to your muscle. Really? Yeah. So it's like, um, say you're doing like lat pull down. A lot of like a big mistake you see a lot of time with lat pull downs. You see people lat doing it and like they only feel it in like their biceps and their forearms. And it's like you really do have to think about pulling with your back and not just your biceps. And that honestly, it takes a while to do. I, you have to like really think about it. And it's crazy how it works because you're doing almost the same motion. Right. You're just thinking of the muscle in a way. You yeah, and you can feel it too when you figure it out. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. That's when you know you're like learning. I think. Yeah. And or it, doing like like the chest fly machine. Like some people like only feel it in their arms and like you know not what? feeling in their chest. You gave me the best piece of advice when it came to that because I to accomplish what I want to, when I'm standing up and I push my feet out a little bit farther, I get a better angle on that and I can feel oh, yeah. upper chest yeah. versus sitting down. Okay. Right? It's all about, you know, um, biomechanics too, like how your body's set up. Um, and, and like your body will, you know, inherently do things that it or use muscles that it's supposed to without you thinking about it. Right. And it's trying to manipulate that through training to get people to think about it or to understand like this is the muscle that's working. You know, there's so many times where we'll do a, a do a set of like let's say tricep extensions and people are like yeah, I'm not really feeling it here and feeling it in the back of my arm and it it becomes a then okay like what's what's your stance, you know, like what's your body position while we're doing this and how are we finishing the movement? You know, what are we doing to get your mind to think about how those triceps are working or like how your lats are working. And I would say that's, um, that's a huge deal in terms of making sure that you can progress and periodize things as well. Right. Most guys and women that come into your gym have a mental image in their head of what they want to accomplish. And, and most of the time, that's a visual thing, right? Here's a question that a lot of people ask, and this comes up if people start digging around online. I hate the fact that this can be a deterrent. How important is your genetic makeup to this? Because everybody's body type is different. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yep. Because mm-hmm. everybody, there's a lot of people that are like, oh, you can't do it. Unless you have the perfect gene, genetic makeup or this guy can do this and this. How how important is that? And is there ways for somebody who who doesn't necessarily, who feels like they don't look like everybody else or they don't have square shoulders, like for a guy? I hear that from guys a lot. Like, I got too narrow shoulders. I can't. I can No matter how hard I work, I can't get that look, right? Yeah. So how important is genetic makeup? I think it's more important with um, the deeper you get into, like, let's say bodybuilding sure. or like physique shows or when it comes to being like an athlete. When, you, when you're working at an elite level of certain things, that's when genetics can play a bigger role in it because most of the time when you have an athlete or someone at an elite, elite level, they're doing all the right things, right? So like all right. these boxes are checked of, okay, well, I'm eating healthy, I'm exercising normal, I'm 
I'm doing the things to help my body recover. So now you really start to highlight the differences in genetics. Like for example, Michael Phelps having a longer torso and like how that influenced his sure. capability. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, but you know, like a general population level like that, that can't be something that is yeah. a big deterrent. I mean, at the end of the day, you can influence your genetics by the way that you eat and by the way that you exercise and you can have a big impact on that. And if you're not, you know, if you're using the genetics as an excuse, like, oh, I'm just yeah. someone that has an odd body type. That has yeah. an odd body type, right? I store fat differently. It's like, well, you do, but there's still an opportunity for mm. you to change that. Yeah, there's right? always, I believe there's always ways around it. It's like, so the guy who's saying like, he has what, like narrow shoulders, like you can build up your delts and you can like get a wider back or like a lot of people say they have like, like a blocky waist. It's like, you can combat that by like, like I just said, like building up your shoulders, like building up your back and like creating like more of that like V tape or like, there is ways around it. It's just like some people have it a little bit easier than others, right. basically at the end of the day. But there, I feel like there's always ways around it. Right. And like, yeah, from a biomechanic standpoint or like an anatomical standpoint, like there are people that are born with narrower hips or have a wider hip set and you're not going to change your bone structure if you will. <laughs> right, but, right. Uh, you know, you can do things to highlight it in, in uh, different lights, like, like Brett's saying, you know, working up different aspects, like working up the shoulders more if you have a blocky waist or if you don't have like uh, a big shoulder or broad shoulders stature, you can still do things to help improve your muscle mass. Like mm -hmm. your body will genetically code where things should go, right? Especially like with fat, like where you store fat. And um, when you're storing it in certain places, like you, can, you can't more or less, I guess, influence where it's gonna store fat, but how much fat you store, that's things that you can, you know, uh, that you have in your hands that you, that you can be, take control of and that you can make sure you're influencing. Yeah. Sure. And there's, there's things too, where people make like comparisons to things that actually aren't real. Like you'll see guy, like influencers, for example, like on Instagram Jesus, yes. where it's like, they actually do not look like that. Like there's good lighting, there's a pump and right. they know how to take pictures. Like there's really, there's a lot of ways that you can manipulate your waist and like make your waist look smaller, make your shoulders look bigger. Like, angle the camera up so they look even like larger from that angle. It's like what you're comparing yourself to like actually isn't real. Like if you were to see them in person, it's like, like, yeah, like they look great, but it's not what you see like, you online after editing and all you, that stuff. You know what I find fascinating? And I was talking to Jess about this the other night for years and years and years, that negative influence mental image was predominantly targeted at women but now with social media, and I'm telling you, I'm not crazy with this movement, this guys, just everybody, this health and wellness movement is a thing. They're seeing this as well. And now they are getting that same mental block in their head like, yeah. I'll never look like that. But you can look really good. It's just, the. I think a lot of guys have to understand this. It's gonna take time, right? right. It's a real commitment. And I, Aaron Reed, who's a, like one of those Mr. Olympia guys, but he's really down to earth and he has a great approach to this when it comes to eating and everything. He said, you'll get to a point, you know, and it takes about a year when you'll look at yourself and then you can start targeting certain parts of your body that you want to improve because you'll have it broke down that much, right? So if, you, if you've if lifted and you've, you stuck with it for a year and you look in the mirror and you say, God, I wish my shoulders or my chest or I want to narrow my waist, you could start working on that, right? And that's when you start... That's when this, I think that's when the addiction sets in. And it's not a bad one, right? You're only improving your body, yeah. but that's when that real drive sets in. Right. Right. Yeah, it's not a bad addiction at all. No. Have this 
yearning to want to improve yourself. I mean, it's just like people with like self growth and wanting to be a better version of themselves. Like that's not a bad addiction to have. No, (laughs) no. (laughs) And you're the great thing. And I tell people this too, that ask me how do you you know, because there was, there was a point (laughs) in the middle of the last summer where people were fascinated that I was still with it, even after two or three months, right? Yeah. Then I got to the end of this year and you start hanging out with family and they're like, what the hell have you been doing for the last, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yep. And then that, that's, you know, I, I, w- I can understand that, but I would say this, for, we're gonna get into something here. Oh, God, how long? I don't care, we can talk as long as we want. <laughs> Unless you guys got someplace to be. Oh, uh, just the meeting. <laughs> the meeting. <laughs> I've got like 40 minutes. Okay, how, then, we, then we'll move right over to this. How important is nutrition? Huge, yeah. So let me, so like when you say that though, there's, <laughs> you start following some of these influencers, there's these guys talking about, if you're going to the mall with your wife, bring two meals <laughs> with you, right? I'm like, <laughs> do you have to be that crazy about it? No. Cause I don't, right? Uh, I mean, I try even on the weekends, I try to stick with it, right? To right. get as much protein as I can, right? And you guys say, is it one gram of protein for every a uh, pound of lean body mass. About, it kind of varies between people. Sometimes. And what is lean body mass? You say lean body mass. Usually, is that how you program it? One one gram per one pound of lean body mass. Oh no, per pound of body weight per in general. Body weight. Body weight. Yeah. Yeah. So, so like, if you weigh like two hundred pounds, like you want to get around two hundred grams of protein. And that's just like, so a lot of times the people make a mistake of like, like uh, you run out of people like with like weight loss. It's like when people want to lose weight, it's like, oh, like they don't want to eat like anything. And then in turn, like they're not having enough protein. So now their body's actually using their muscles as the energy. That's what I've heard. And so they're, now they're actually losing muscle and now their body fat's actually higher and they're at a lower weight. So they actually kind of look worse so do after you, it. Yeah. So do you have to get, even on days when you're not lifting, you got to keep that protein intake going? Yeah. I'd say, yeah. I would, um, I would definitely do that. And I always try to look at it too. You know, some people put out like ridiculous amounts of protein you have to eat. And so like people that, let's say you want to be 165 pounds. Usually I'll tell people like, okay, like let's say you weigh 195 now. I'm like, you should eat one gram of protein per pound of body weight that you want to be. So, you know, if you want to be 165, like you should at least be getting 165 grams of protein in. But what's the least amount of protein you can get in while still feeling uh, energetic without going catabolic and with, uh, you know, making sure that you're recovering properly, like, that's also something that I've tried to toy with too, because there's so many different approaches to nutrition. Right. Uh, but a good general rule of thumb, and Kel's been really into um, obviously the nutrition side of thing, my wife, and she's been talking a lot about f- how to focus your eating habits, even as far as like getting 30 different kind of plants in a day or a week. And a lot of people don't focus on plants and how much that you know affects your microbiome. And it, that's a whole nother conversation, but <laughs> that's, that's starting to gain steam. It is. It's it is huge. I mean, every, every, cause I've heard people say you can't be vegan and be a, you know, like a super athletic. And then I'll, I'll give you no. an example. Spencer Strider. I know you guys don't follow baseball, do you? No. He's one of the starting rotation. Now, young guy just got called up, signed his first, you know, six years, $75 million contract. He's yeah. a starting pitcher. I mean, you have to be an elite athlete to be a 
major league baseball pitcher, you got to have your shit wired, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. He's vegan. Now they didn't. Most people don't know that he just started talking about it because of all the crap that people gave him coming up through the minors, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But you'll you'll see more and more of these guys talking about looking for plant based protein at least a few times a week and taking days where that's where they concentrate on it, right? Mm-hmm. Right, and and he talked about how it helped his endurance. That's what it helps with. Mm-hmm. And anybody who's ever had that, if you've eaten a plant based diet for even a couple of days you do notice a substantial difference in your energy level it's weird right it is it's crazy and you know i think one of the things this guy focuses on or that kel's been listening to is it's not just a plant-based diet right like you don't only have to have only plants that you're eating like there's still an opportunity or uh, still uh healthy to like eat chicken or like have some kind of meat or, or maybe a little bit of dairy in there but um one other thing that we talked about nutrition too i think last time i was here is the inflammation. It's all about oh, God, the calories yeah. you're taking in and, and being mindful of what is causing inflammation in your body. And, mm-hmm. you know, if you have a dairy sensitivity, it takes at least three days for that inflammation to leave your body. And so yeah. let's say you do really well Monday through Thursday, Friday, you decide to have like your cheat meal or, you know, you, you, you binge out. Well, now you're going to have inflammation all the way back, you know, until Monday. And I hate that. And I'm hardly, <laughs> you're hardly getting past it. Dude, yeah. I'm just starting to figure that stuff out too. Like sometimes when I'm like, why do I feel like this? What? Mm-hmm. Because on Sunday, if I eat a pile of ice cream, right. Mm-hmm. And I can, I, I've figured this out for me because everybody's different, but sugar for me, just is a just. I take a beating when I'm, for muscle soreness, yep. and that it's it's a it's an inflammatory food, right? Right. Especially all the processed stuff that we have now, right? It's yep. insane. And I I know that uh, those branch chain amino acids, foods like that, like salmon and a lot of the leafy greens and stuff like that, they combat inflammation. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So it's just like when you start to balance that stuff out. But you're right, junk food, man. That will absolutely, if you're hurting, mm-hmm. that'll kill you. Right. Yeah. And like, I think the, the big thing is when it comes to nutrition, it, I would say it plays 70 to 80% of the role. Everyone's like 70, 30, 80, 20, somewhere in there. You can't outwork a bad diet. You yeah. know, you can't come to the gym, get your bench in, your bicep curls, 30 minutes of cardio, and then go drink beer every single night. Dude, don't, don't get me home. started. Because <laughs> like I just, have guys that I have a ton of friends. You know what? And I have friends. Everybody knows now. A lot of them, that's been over a year. I don't drink anymore. And I have a lot of friends that responsibly drink. But I told them, I said, like, how many beers did you have yesterday? Like, on a Sunday afternoon, let's say they'll have six or seven throughout the afternoon into the evening. Yeah. I'm mm-hmm. like, dude, it's gonna, you're gonna, it'll take you days to recover from yeah, that. Right. It literally does take you days. You're just, I mean, you're, you're, it's like robbing Peter to pay Paul. Yeah, it ain't working, right? <laughs> right. Well, and a lot of people, like we talked about it last time, you know, calories in, calories out. And yep. they'll focus, all right, well, I've got 1,500 calories a day. I've had some pretty healthy meals, but well, I'm getting together with the boys and we're going to drink. So right. I'm going to save 1,000 calories for beer. And right. it's like, <laughs> man, you're not really doing yourself a solid there no. in terms of actually creating a stronger, healthier no. version of yourself. Or are you doing a, a solid for yourself to actually have a transformation? Like you talk so much about, for me, nutrition, I like maybe downplay it to 70% because it does play a, a massive role in everything that you're doing, but you still need to exercise. So if you're just manipulating yeah. your calories in, calories out, you're just making a smaller version of yourself. You take the you know, mirror selfie, shameless uh, uh, selfie in the mirror, and <laughs> you look at that after six months. And if you didn't work out at all, you just manipulated yep. your your size by diet. You're going to look exactly the same, but just smaller. 
You know what I mean? You're right. not going to see like shoulder definition. You're not going to yeah. see chest definition. You're not going to see like the 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 muscle enhancements that you get when you when you exercise. Right. And then to obviously you don't have the performance. You don't have the cardiovascular endurance going because you're not doing anything to challenge your heart rate or challenge your stamina. So yeah. if you're only eating properly, you're still not building a strong health healthy version of yourself. No, no. So it's like a lot of the times too, like people make the mistake of when they like cut, right? It's like they're not working out as hard as they were at the heavier weight. And in turn, like you need to give your muscles a reason to stay. So it's like, if you're not working out and doing the same things that you were just doing at that heavier weight, then your muscles are going to start to go too. So it's like, you have to keep that progressive overload is like people say it, like even in that calorie deficit, which is entirely possible. That's like a big myth people think too, is like when you start to lose weight, then your strength goes too. It's like, no, you just won't have as much energy, but your strength will still be there as long as you keep stimulating it yeah. in the right way. So like they'll make that mistake and then they'll lose their muscle too. It's like when people step on like the in body at like our gym and like they see like, oh, like I've lost weight, but I've also lost muscle. It's because like, how do you, you how does give that, your how does muscle that, reason to stay. How does that, that thing measure body, your muscle? It's a, it's a biological impedance. So sending like electrical signal through your body. What do you, what do you have to do to just get on that thing? Do you have to you have like get down naked? What? No, I mean, <laughs> ideally you'd be like, just like in your like underwear, I guess, or to have like a true weight, if you will. But yeah. no, you can be, I mean, you can be in your workout clothes and just take your socks off. And then it has, um, uh, it has like the, the pads that you put your feet on and yeah. the handles that you hold. And that's where it sends the electrical signal. So if you have a pacemaker, you can't step on that thing right. because it'll send you into cardiac arrest. So, <laughs> right. I always, add, I mean, it's funny because I'll like ask people that even when they're like 20 and I'm just like, right. I don't want you to drop you know, there's dead. A guy from well, is friends with one of my buddies that, you know, he has one and he's had a pacemaker since he was like 22 or something. And so, you know, wow. you never know. Right. But anyway, what it does is it sends that electrical signal through your body. Um, the amount of resistance that you put against that electrical signal is, is, is fat tissue, essentially. I've noticed that it does uh, heavily rely on your water intake when it does read your muscle mass. So that's one thing, you know, like if you want a true accurate reading on that and compare it to other gold standards of um, body composition reads like um uh, water or what is it? Uh, hydrostatic displacement where you go underwater, or if you want to do like the bod pod, if you want to compare the in body results to those results, you have to follow a consistent protocol before stepping on the in body, which means if you're going to do it in the morning, you wake up, you follow the exact same routine, yeah. almost to a T of what you did the night before. Got it. Mm -hmm. And that's going to give you a true accurate reading. You know, some, there's, right. there's so many times where people will step on it. Oh, it's like 4 PM. You know, I, I have my check in. I'm going to yeah. step on this and they come back the next week and they do it at like 7 AM or they'll do it after a workout and after a workout can influence the results on that scale heavily as well too. So it's not, it's not ideal that you do it before a workout and the next time you check in, you do it after a workout because it's going to skew your results. Right. So it, th those are other things. And that's why I always tell people to take it with a grain of salt, you know, like yeah. they can be, it can be off between, you know, one to 2% either way. So you came, you came in and let's say it's 11%. You could have maybe been 10 that day, or you maybe could have been 12. I mean, it's somewhere in that range. So you can't get married to that idea of what's happening on there, but it is a good general guide to tell you what's mm -hmm. happening and what you're doing with your body. Do you eat before you work out or after? I both. do it after. You eat, you do both? Like just before. just to work out yeah. like in general? Yeah, I eat, right. I eat before and after. How how long before? Um depends on what you have. If you have like a fast acting carb versus like a slow acting carb, like you can eat 
like in the car ride there. Do you like eat? Do you eat carbs a lot? I eat a lot a of ton carbs. carbs. See, <laughs> is, is, for, for guys, for guys, I don't know. I'm still, I still have this paranoia when yeah, it comes to carbs, right? Because of bad experiences. Yeah. <laughs> in the you know, when you get to a certain age, if you load up on them, you start to gain weight. It seems like, right? Mm -hmm. But you need them for energy to work out. Yep. Yeah. Right. So it's like, do. Because sometimes if I get up in the morning and I haven't eaten anything and I just drink a couple of big glasses of water and I grab my branch chain amino acids and I <laughs> fill up my shaker and I head in, that seems to me to be when I feel my best when I'm working out. And then when I come home, I'll eat a big meal. Yeah. Right? Yeah, that's usually like what I like to do. I like to get my workout in the morning before like I have eaten anything and then I follow it up with like my protein shake and move on with my day. But it all depends on how my day is structured, what I have for availability in the morning, you right. know, if I'm going to eat or if I'm going to work out later, like I still try to follow a pretty normal eating regimen. I don't try to manipulate it based on what I'm working out. Do you, do you, yeah. do you break up? Cause I know a lot of guys say your body can only absorb so much protein at once. So mm -hmm. if you're going to consume 200 grams of protein in a day, do it four times 50 each shot. Is that true? I mean, yeah. It's nice to split it up. Yeah. I definitely like, I think, could it, oh, what I think a hundred grams at one time would be a lot. I've done it, dude. I do it. I'm like, oh, with the with the pound of meat. Yeah, or I've done yeah. it. If you yeah. get a, if you get a pound of ground turkey, yeah. that's got a hundred grams of protein right. in it. Yeah, like four hundred cows. Too. And you eat you eat a pound of turkey at once easily. <laughs> well, <laughs> when I get home from the gym, I'm not kidding. I'll eat that and a pile of broccoli, and I'm and like, how do you feel fine? Yeah, yeah. like in an that's hour, awesome. an hour and a half later, I'm hungry again. Yeah, which is weird, right? <laughs> and and Jess is like, like once in a while during the week. If you go to Sam's, you can get a whole roasted chicken off the rotisserie that's well, like five, or for four ninety nine, right? Yeah. So I'll I'll bring one home and she and she'll see a carcass on the counter and she'll be like, "Did you eat that whole thing?" I'm like, "Yep, I sure did." I'm like, "That's what I had for lunch. No, it was think, five bucks." I don't think there's anything bad against that. You know, there there are studies out there that try to say if you ate more than thirty grams of protein in a in a uh, sitting that you would just shit out the rest of the 30 grams. I don't know. But See, I don't know, but I'm hungry enough. I don't know enough. if I believe that 100% Honestly, either. I think it's like different for everyone. Yeah. Like some people can process it and some people can't. It's like, because I see guys like like you just said that have like 100 grams in like one meal and like they look amazing. You right. know, it's it's different for everyone really. There's a dude that I follow and I should, I should unfollow him because I'm beginning to think <laughs> he's nuts. But he, according to him, no, it's not the liver thing. But according to him, and he's one of these old school guys, right? And I'm thinking, eh, I don't know if I'm buying into that. But he, according to him, I could eat four or five hundred grams of protein a day, and he's and he claims that that would give me the same results as guys who are taking anabolic substances. Just that pounding that. I'm like, your body won't absorb it, will it? That's insane. I don't think so. That doesn't I, I, work. That's a lot. And he's the same guy that that's takes so much. And that's and honestly, like, you, then you start thinking about like how much you're spending. So you like <laughs> right. you buy your grocery bill. That's a that's a shit ton of money you're spending right. just, just on like chicken and turkey. And I don't know, man. Like, right. Like after uh, to me, after like 250 grams, you probably are just shit. Yeah. Right. You're lot. just wasting it. Know, right. Because you might to, be pooping more, and it's expensive poops at that point. Because to me. <laughs> One to me, two hundred grams. I have to make a conscious effort to get that oh, in. Yeah. yeah, right. I do. That's a challenge. I did yeah. when I was prepping for my show. We just talked about it on Friday. I was doing two hundred seventy-five grams of protein a day and two hundred seventy-five grams of carbs. And those, I mean, you're planning your day around your mm. meals. You're, yep. you know, you're eating. I was probably eating like a pound of beef and a pound of chicken a day, and I was eating like eight or nine eggs and like two protein shakes. I mean, 
It was a lot of food. Mm-hmm. Did you notice yourself bulking up though when you when you had a diet like that? Um, I definitely felt like I retained like my lean tissue a lot better. I wasn't putting on a whole lot of weight at that time. It was actually, that was like during my cut during my time. Like I was consistently doing that and I was losing weight at that. Right. Because I was consistently working out. Like I didn't drink for 12 weeks. Um, I noticed that I definitely felt the leanest at that. When, um, when you didn't drink for 12 weeks, did you notice an improvement in your work in the gym? Yeah. Yeah, yeah you I mean, do it all. It's like right. I try to tell guys that I'm like, just try it. Oh, Try yeah. it for a few months, well, and and you yeah. will you will you'll it'll blow your mind, right? Well, be, and it was way easier to stick to like a six day a week schedule, yeah. You know, because if you decide, oh, I'm gonna obviously when you decide to drink, and especially with friends, you're most likely binge drinking. There's yes. no doubt about a hundred percent. And yeah. so then the next day is just shot, and yep. especially as you get older, man. Like I noticed it too after like 25 or 26, even where yeah. it's like, all right, well, oh, yeah. that, this day is shot, and for sure tomorrow yeah. is gonna yeah. be slow. Too. Yeah, I noticed when I got into my late 30s, early 40s, I, I didn't want to drink as much. You just get, well, not everybody's like that. So, <laughs> but right. I mean, but if you get to that point, I, I tell guys, give it a shot. Just try a few months while you're working out and you'll see a huge difference. Well, and you just got to, it's that shift of that mindset. Like for me, it's what do I want to get out of like the next day and, and what, what do I want to see myself improve upon? And right. if I want to see myself improve in my workouts or improving my body composition is having 12 beers tonight going to do that for me when I wake Mm -hmm. up tomorrow? Like, how am I going to start tomorrow's day? Right. And is that going to be waking up late, feeling really sluggish, not being, you know, all there for like the time I have with my kids, or is it going to be wake up early, get my workout in and own the day? Yeah. And that, that just makes you, I think also feel way better about the week and the start of the weekend. And you're just owning the day when you do that. Right. And that, that's, that's a big shift for me. I agree. I think about what about supplements? We got it. We got it. Before we go, we have to talk about supplements. <laughs> yeah. This this stuff comes up all the time. Yep. And you and I have talked about TRT, which is testosterone testosterone replacement therapy, right? Yep. Which they you I mean, in medicine, it's used for guys that need it, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it also can greatly benefit guys, especially as they age, in building muscle mass. Mm-hmm. Yep. The one the nightmare I've heard is that you once you can get to a point if you consistently do that to where your body will stop producing it. Yeah. Yep. Is that It'll true? It'll rely on the external source. So yeah. do you have to, for the rest of your life, take that then? It depends on how you cycle it. It depends on how long you've been doing it for. I mean, if, if you're doing it for... Let's say you do it for like two years and now you're like... Just one of, one of the One of the signs <laughs> is you're your testicles start to shrink, right? That's Even with TRT? Yep. Because I've heard guys that do anabolic steroids, right? Mm-hmm. That happens to them. And it depends on how much you're supplementing, like, you know, what your intake of testosterone is while you're on TRT that's going to influence how your body responds to that. Right. You know, if you, if you start putting in, I don't know, like 500 milligrams a week, yeah, your body's probably going to quit Mm-hmm. Um, making it naturally because you're giving such a, a high spike to your body, and that you know that compounds over time if you're doing that on a weekly basis. So, it, it, it's it's very it's variable, and I think it's it's very dependent on the person that is doing TRT or that is taking uh, injecting these certain things, and it's it's why it's very um, very heavily stressed that you do it with a physician, right? And that you have yeah. somebody monitor your blood work because right. blood cells getting bigger. Uh, there's so many negative side effects that could happen, and if you're not monitoring it properly, you could really mess your hormones. What? What? Because testosterone, testosterone replacement therapy is that's what they're putting as test in your body, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. So, 
what what is in some of the anabolic steroids and stuff? What what's in there? What what are the, what's in what are you injecting into yourself that's making your muscles grow like that? There's different anabolics. Um, I'm not super familiar with all right. of them. Um, there's like you know the testosterone is like your basic one. Sure. Um, there's like trend. Uh, you hear you hear about trend all <laughs> the freaking time. There's uh, there's different ones and how it's going to um, how it's going to affect your muscles in terms of like what your muscle looks like, the the grain of your muscle. How I, I, there's just I brought, so many different things that like I'm I'm not yeah, super familiar with, so yeah. I just I don't mess around. I I had a I I did have a physician tell me that that stuff is like trend specifically and things like that. He goes, those guys that are doing that are competitive, right? A lot of them are into like, this is their thing and they're willing to shave 10 or 15 years off their life. Yeah. He yeah. goes, that's that's what they're doing. You know, and it, you know, but people to their credit, they have to put the work in. Yeah, it's not yeah. like you just shoot this stuff and it's and you're gonna get bigger. Well, right? and if you're doing like TRT, you know, like at, I would say that's like your your base point, right? Is just, let's say supplementing just testosterone. Yeah. And you start to notice things where like, oh man, I don't think my body is naturally making testosterone anymore you can wean off and yeah. you can you know taper back but you wouldn't want to cut it cold because now yeah. you're going to create negative side effects right away so you think about it like if you're doing a cycle that's usually what they refer to it as yes. if you're doing a cycle you have to decycle if you're going to go mm -hmm. off of it and if you don't decycle properly that could have bigger impacts you know yeah. you know what's scary everything that we're talking about because of the world we live in now anybody can go online and get any of this stuff. Oh yeah. It's crazy, yep. right? I mean, you can literally get anything. And it's just like, and if you don't know what you're doing, you can get yourself into trouble, Yep. right? Because I don't know why it is, but online, there seems to, if, if you're what they call natty, right? If you're just left, <laughs> yep. they, they, they tend to pick on those guys, but not all of them, right? But there's this, there's this uh, stigma that is kind of attached to them if, that if they're just doing it, they're never going to get to a certain point. I would say this because I do follow some guys that are 100% natural. They were like, you can do a lot. You're going to have to work hard. You're going to have to really watch your diet. I mean, wouldn't you agree with this? And I think you'll hear this wherever you go. If, if you're dealing with guys who are in the know, if you work hard, you pair that with really good nutrition and you get plenty of rest, you're on the right road, right? Right. That's all you need. That's what they'll tell you. They'll just you like, need. gotta, because a lot of guys don't understand how important it is because you need quality sleep to get that done. Yeah. And they don't, they don't get it. Yeah. And that's where we goes back to the whole entire drinking thing too. Like how quality is your sleep when you drink three or four nights a week? Right. You know, are you falling asleep because of drinking? You know right. what I mean? Like right. you're just passing out. That's not good sleep. <laughs> no. God. And then you're waking up at like one or 2 a.m. and you're like, oh, you know, I just fell yeah. asleep. Like now I'm going to go into the bed. <laughs> right. And now you get like three or four hours. So, I mean, that's where people, I think, overlook a lot of that. And right. when we talk about like doing TRT and I think people look at it as like a quick fix or, oh, if I take this, I'll get huge. It's like, no, like people that are doing that, they're, they're doing it in a manner that is controlled and they've already checked all these other boxes. Once it goes back to like the genetic thing, like if you're eating right, you're eating properly, you've got a control on that. If you're um, drinking enough water, you're getting enough sleep, then you're going to start to see positive benefits of this. And really, how much of that do you really need if you're doing the other things right? You know, like, is your testosterone low because of what you're doing in your everyday life, what you're drinking, eating, how you're sleeping? Um, if you can correct all of those things and then find natural substances, you might never have to do TRT. 
right? You know, there's so many, there's so much research coming out now too with different supplements like ashwagandha is supposed to be able uh, yep. to improve yep. uh, take your test. Yeah. Um, God, Tanga Ali, that's another one. Those are like all natural things found that you can take as a supplement. Brazilian nuts are supposed to help improve your testosterone as well. So mm-hmm. if you're doing these things that can help improve your testosterone and you're still not seeing what you want or you're still low, well, yeah, then maybe it is time for you to... Most people don't even know what their testosterone is. No. You have to go to you have to go yeah. have blood work done, yeah. right? Well, and you got to pry in the medical field. You know, it's not like you can go in and be like, "Hey, I want to do this," and they're gonna be like, "Okay, that sounds good." Usually, you go and be like, "I want to know my test levels." They're like, "Well, why? You know what's happening? You, we need a reason to be able to do this." And it's like, "Why can't I just want to know what my testosterone right. is?" Like, you almost have to plead a case of, "Well, I've been feeling really sluggish, low energy, yeah. almost depressed." Oh, okay, now we'll look at your testosterone. <laughs> right? Like, why do we have to? Why do we have to? And that, I think that's one pro of the internet and how easily accessible some of this stuff is, is you can get, um, you can order blood tests so that you can get your testosterone. Really? Could, could I order one? You yeah. could. Yeah. There's, there's definitely more independent companies that are, I think, given the ability to like check your testosterone and check different things. You know, like when you do like a food sensitivity panel, like you can do that pretty easily now yeah. too. There's different companies that have access to be able to do that for you. When we were at Lifetime, that was one big thing was being able to check your labs too, is that we would have that excuse me, available for people where it'd be like, okay, like we can meet with a health coach. You can go through food plans and then we can start looking at food sensitivity. So you could get blood work done through like lifetime lab and they would check what foods you were sensitive to based on like the blood they drew from you things like that. That because is, are there local clinics here in our area that do this stuff? I, um, cause I know that I know Minneapolis, you know, we're only an hour away, but I, I do know that if you get into the twin cities, there's all kind. There's clinics that like you. You can go get about anything, yeah. right? I um some more holistic places or another one that I know of is like Mankato Integrative Medicine. Sure, she'll, uh, Lisa Van Watermulen. She'll work with you. Or, okay, or, you know she'll talk with you about different things and um take more of a holistic approach and not not need um I don't know. She just doesn't take like a traditional Western medicine. Well, approach, I, but, which but is that's big for me. But that holistic and natural remedies is the thing that's gaining steam. Right. It really is. I yeah. mean, it's it's a hundred percent head heading in that direction. Well, trying to get away from relying on like pharmaceuticals and that, thing, you know what I mean, and dude. I'm telling you, don't get farm. me started on those guys. <laughs> I mean, I just yeah. really, I'm I'm not buying into it anymore. This, I'm like, um, this is definitely a more intensive supplement conversation. I thought we were just going to talk about brand chain amino acids, protein. But because I've noticed, and you know, a lot of the guys. I'll be approaching a year here in April, and there's a there's a point where I've got a, guy, a lot of guys are. I mean, you you do make just huge strides, like leaps and bounds, right? But they feel like they start to plateau and things slow down as far as progression. And I I, I think the reason that is is because when we all start, there's such drastic change immediately. Yeah. And for me, I lost so much weight. I couldn't believe that the weight on the back of my lower back was going away and the visceral fat at the bottom of my breastbone gone, literally, literally just vanishes. And you start to look different and you, your body composition, there's a drastic change in the first, you know, probably three to five months, somewhere in there. Newbie gains. Yeah. And then you start, (laughs) and then you start building, then you start looking at yourself and your strength starts to improve and you get you start to notice a little bit more tone and definition and they want to speed that up and they want that drastic change again but they want it at that rapid pace and they're now 
hitting a point to where things are going to slow down. They're going to have to continue to work and the progress is going to be steady, but it's going to be slower, right? And they don't want to put, they, they want it all now. It's this microwave generation we live in, yeah. right? Everybody right. wants everything now. And I, the guys that you see at the gym or you're following online that are influencers, a lot of them, they've been doing this for years, yeah. right? Yeah. And they look really good because they work hard and they've stayed consistent <laughs> with it. Yeah, the consistency, uh, it's obvious what happens when you do things consistently. You, yeah. you can start to see the results of whatever that thing is. And so exercising, it starts to, yeah, maybe feel a little bit redundant, but you're going to lose that base and you're going to lose the progress that you're making and you'll never see those, you know, minuscule changes that are going to come to you if right. you don't continue on with it. Right. You've got to make that commitment, you know, like you got to get past the newbie gains, be excited yeah. about well, what Wait, yeah. I've never heard that one, so this is a new one for me. Dude, Brett always has the same what, what, thing. What are, what, are, what are newbie gains? It's like, it's like when you first, it. yeah, it's like when you first start working out, like your body is in such like a mode of shock. Like mine was. Yeah, like your progress is like unbelievable. And then once your body gets used to that, that's when you, that's when it gets hard. That's when it becomes like a, a mental grind, almost as it's like a physical. It's like you have to start busting your ass in the gym. Otherwise you're not going to create that progress that you can, that you like had when you had newbie gains. Like if you have newbie gains, like you can do anything. And you, if you go yeah. from sedentary to working out, you can do just about anything and you're going to make progress. Right. It's after your body's already adapted to what you did. <clears throat> that's when like that second stage kind of like starts and then you have to start really training hard that um newbie gains i think about that <laughs> we got a 14 year old son right i'm like dude you're in like the yeah. most peak yes. opportunity right. right now where you could lift like twice a week and your yes. newbie gains would be like off the charts yeah eat a ton right you, like, yeah. the, the dude just eats like a horse right yeah. now and he right just, he loves it too he's like oh i ate all this food i'm like oh that's really <laughs> cool and you don't even lift like yeah. just think if you lifted like you Literally, could put on like 10 pounds Literally. of muscle and like that would set you apart oh my god you know that sets you apart from everybody else in school like even if you he's he uh skis he has like extreme sports he doesn't play like ball sports like football basketball yeah. anything like that but i'm like man just think about like the improvements and the differences you could see and just mm -hmm. you know the, obviously building those habits young too is huge but the newbie gains at 14. Oh Anybody who's 14 yeah. listening to this, yeah. which probably isn't a whole lot of people, but right. if you go are, to the gym, yeah. get to the Please gym and the start gym. lifting. Eat well, as much as you can and lift as much as <laughs> you can. Well, I tell you know, young guys that all the time, they're even in their 20s because here's what happens. And I've talked, uh, John, with you about this before, but here's what happens. Guys get out of high school, they go to college, right? And then they get their first job. And they're, they're usually in their early to mid 20s and then life starts to happen, right? And when I say that, they get a job, they just, that, that becomes their thing, and then after work, it's they meet up with their coworkers for a happy hour here and there, and then they get into this routine, and exercise and all of the athletic things that they had done in the past, they do occasionally, right? Yeah. But all of that starts to fade, and you just get into, a lot of them will wind up getting married, having kids. I would tell them, when you're in your 20s, right, when or even, God, it's never too late to start, but start the habit there yeah, and just keep it going. Don't wait. Even if it's, if you can only work out maybe 30 to 45 minutes, three or four times a week, do it. That's fine. Yeah, right. In my opinion. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's a great place to, st I mean, if the, at least you're not going to lose what you've got. Right. Right. Because it's the frustration. And I see this all the time. And when you follow these guys, a lot of guys get to a point after about a year in where they're like, I want to, I want to, I want to start seeing those accelerated, 
you know, gains again. And it's just like, that's yeah. not a thing that, and that's no reason to run down and st- to start taking horse freaking whatever <laughs> it is, you know, right. to try to build muscle. Right. Don't do that. Yeah. But it's just a matter of sticking with it. And then you get three, four years down the line. You're like, Oh, right. Yeah. And that's what, well, and that's most. where like to me, JP fitness came in is if you want to start that instead of being that running joke of, Oh, I got a gym membership, but I never right. use it. Come to a place where we're going to help support you and get you on the right path. And a lot of like, we're, we're starting to shift a little bit of like how our memberships work too. And that could be another conversation we talk about as we go forward. And as I finally like start to unleash it. But for me, it's getting everyone that is in there on some kind of program or some kind of check-in and accountability and how that can influence their commitment to themselves and their commitment to their fitness and um, so that's something fun and exciting to think about, but it is, you know, that's when you talk about in, the, in your twenties, that's when you need to start it. You, yes. you need to make a point to it. Yeah. And guys who have gotten a lot of guys in their mid thirties, they get, they get to that 40 point and a lot of them are like, God, well, I let myself go. It's listen, <laughs> if there was ever a time to start, it'd be now, right? right. Because that way you're going to have quality of life as you progress even beyond that. Yeah. I'm a firm believer that in 10 years from now, a decade from now, you will see the people that got on on board with this program of the healthier eating, exercising, just living a better life, right? Mm-hmm. And then you're going to see the ones who didn't. Oh, yeah. oh, and yeah. it's going to be a very stark contrast. Mm-hmm. I, I, evident, I really like my age. It's unbelievable, right? Yeah, like That's seeing, where it starts, yeah. is at your age. Yeah, like seeing like kids from high school that I haven't seen in a right. couple of years, it's like, wow. Yeah, like, yeah. You can right. tell. Yeah. It's crazy, right? God, we could chat all day, but I've had you. Jesus. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's been a minute. Yeah. But that's good, though, right? I mean, this yeah. is the stuff guys like conversations that are just real, not scripted, mm-hmm. and they can listen to this stuff, and hopefully it encourages them. And I tell people, listen, I after 30 years in broadcast, and I'm not going to call anybody out individually, but if a gym membership is, I'm just, I'll just use that $10 a month because a lot of them do it. The whole idea is to get you signed up so you can say that you have a gym membership and the vast majority of people who do that never use it. And just like every other ACH that's coming out of your checking account, that's the whole point of it. Right. That is. That's just what they want to do. And they want to keep that going. And then once a year, you'll get dicked for about 50 bucks. And then you'll forget about it. Yep. And then you'll pay the $10. You'll of my mad, yeah. you'll call. Right. No one will answer. They'll kind of respond half-assed like a month later. <laughs> yeah. Like, All right, right. Well, whatever. That, that was 50 bucks, I guess, is not that big a deal. Yeah. You just kind of let it go. Yeah. I'm telling you, man, it's invest in yourself. And when you look at it like that, it's nothing. It's peanuts compared to what you spend one night eating chicken wings and slugging, slugging beers. Right. One night. Literally well, one night of that. And hopefully we answered some questions or you know some things out there, too, if anybody has further questions or want, you know, wants further information, I can um, do my best to try to share that as well. Yeah. Talk a little bit more about what we did when we talk about periodization and um, how you can influence your muscles from like different uh, sets and reps and things like that. We, well, we, yeah, we'll just come back and we'll have this conversation here too. Is that we we could just move it along? Right. Because (laughs) this is, I mean, I know it's the end of January, but still people are like, it's the beginning of the year. I can get started. Yes, you can. And by this summer, you can have the newbie gains, yep. right? Yes. <laughs> you can be there. Dude, imagine right now if you just started newbie gains by, by summertime. By Memorial Day weekend. Yeah, you'd be look feeling good. really good. Right? You'd, be, you'd, be, you'd look good, right? Yeah, yeah. And, and you'd feel you'd feel a ton better. Yeah, you so. sign up with Brett for newbie gains. Yep. There you go. <laughs> See, so this is the first time since we, we told everybody when you grew up, you turned 21. Dude, I can't believe how you got your 
I wish I was 21 again. <laughs> I really do. Unbelievable. I, know, right. I feel like we didn't properly introduce that. Like, right? <laughs> here he is. He's finally made it. Yeah, he you know, finally graduated made it. to the mic. Right. Yep. It's great so, to be here. How do you pronounce, by the way, your last name? I've seen it. Basenfelder. Basenfelder. Mm-hmm. There's, I've seen a few different. Basenfelder. 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 You have? In my head. Oh, really? Yeah. So have I. Sounding it out. All right. Yeah. Yeah. So it's Brett Basenfelder yep. and John Jameson. And by the way, real before we go, honestly, if somebody wants to discuss the approach, because everybody's different, they just come talk to you, and you have a very good consult with everybody before yep. they even get signed up. You can ask them what they want to do, what, what, what do you want to look like, right? Right. Yeah, everything's completely completely um designed and, and put forward based on what you want and what your goals are right you know it's everything is, is customized that way in the sense of we have a plan we have a program that we know that works but how can we manipulate that to make sure it works for you and that's right. what i want to find out and everybody is different and i know that and there's people that sometimes think like that like well i've tried this but yeah. you won't be in a group if you don't want to be you can be but right. you don't have to be in a group of seven or eight or nine people yeah. you can literally have an individual one-on-one approach to it. So there you go. JP Fitness, we've got the link on our website. Go to georgeandjess.com. We will resume this conversation. More to (laughs) come. Yes, more on the way.